Well, it's good to see everyone here today. It's nice to see some smiling faces and to see some happy faces. Thank you, Cassandra. Um, if you guys have your phone, why don't you take it out real quick? Take out your phone. And I want you to go to your camera. And I want you to take a selfie to remind yourself of this beautiful day. <laughs> Hashtag Taylor Christian Church. Hold on one minute. I'm going to follow suit. Does anyone like selfies? Does everyone, does everyone, everyone give us a smile? All right, cool. All right, so um, we are continuing on uh, our series. Last week we talked about light, and today we're going to be talking about salt. How many of you guys like salt? Raise your hand. Everyone, praise the Lord. Very good. Well, I have some good news for you. Salt is biblical, so the next time that you're at the dinner table, just dump it on. Dump on as much as you want. Just, just let it have it. I know my, my daughter loves salt. We always have to stop her from dumping it on. But um, we're going to be reading from Mark chapter 9 today. And so if you have your Bibles, why don't you turn with me real quick to Mark chapter 9. We're going to be reading Mark chapter 9, verses 49 and 50. So it says this. And just to kind of give you a little bit of a, a context to what's happening here is Jesus is getting closer to his time that he's going back to Jerusalem. He's heading back to, um, uh, to, be, to be handed over and to be crucified. So this is kind of towards the latter part of his earthly ministry. Um, just earlier in the chapter, there was the transfiguration. Uh, there was a healing of a boy who had seizures. Jesus taught on who was the greatest. And then he speaks of offenses for a little while, and he talks a little bit about hell, and there's some interesting pat, there's some interesting verses in there about a worm. And so when you have some extra time, go back there and read that and check it out. But after he talks about hell and he talks about a worm, and, he ta- and after the transfiguration and after the healing of the boy with seizures, and again, he's heading towards Jerusalem, um, we can see that he gives a couple of verses here that that in some ways don't really seem like they fit in with the rest of the passage, but in other ways I think they fit in perfectly. And so this is what it says in Mark chapter 9, verses 49 and 50. Is everyone there? Okay. And actually, if you did everyone grab a bulletin today? Okay, because there's a spot in your bulletin where, there's, where you can take a couple of notes. So Mark chapter 9, verses 45 and 50, it says, For everyone will be seasoned with fire. Yikes. Everyone will be seasoned with fire, and every sacrifice will be seasoned with salt. For everyone will be seasoned with fire, and every sacrifice will be seasoned with salt. Not just a few people, but it says everyone. Everyone will be seasoned with fire, and every sacrifice will be seasoned with salt. And then verse 50 says, Salt is good, but if the salt loses its flavor... How will you season it? Have salt in yourselves and have peace with one another. Let's read that one more time. For everyone will be seasoned with fire, and every sacrifice will be seasoned with salt. Salt is good, but if salt loses its flavor, how will you season it? Have salt in yourselves and have peace with one another. God, speak to us this morning. God, minister to us this morning. God, 
transform us this morning. God, motivate us this morning. God, propel us this morning. God, just just have your way with us this morning. God, if, 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 if there's anything that's hindering us from, from listening or anything that's hindering us from focusing on you, God, I just pray that you will break down the walls and that there will be clarity between us and heaven. God, I pray that as you speak, we will receive, and as you minister, we will receive, and as you correct, we will receive, and as you uh, speak to us through your word, that we will receive. In your holy name, amen. So let's look at verse 49 again. It says that, For everyone will be seasoned with fire, and every sacrifice will be seasoned with salt. You know, it's interesting. uh, The New King James has kind of like two phrases there, but... I went ahead and I looked at some other translations, and they only have one phrase. So the NLT, for example, says, for everyone will be tested with fire. That's all the NLT says in verse 49. And actually, the the ESV, which is a pretty literal translation, says, for everyone will be salted with fire. Everyone will be seasoned with fire. Everyone will be salted with fire. How many of you guys want to be tested with fire? Raise your hand. Oh, boy. How many of you guys want to be seasoned with fire? Raise your hand. Yeah, not me either. But seasoned in fire, tested in fire. And Jesus says that this is going to happen to everyone. Everyone's going to be tested with fire. Everyone's going to be seasoned with fire. It's kind of like, oh, my, that sounds kind of interesting. So I kind of want to delve into that verse a little bit and try to find some, some stuff for us. And so I see this, this pattern throughout these two verses that talk about salt. And so I went back and I did a little bit of research on salt and I was shocked to see how much information there is on salt on the internet. Amen. I mean, sometimes, have you ever, have you ever looked up something on the internet and then you realize quickly that there was way more than you ever, like, like, have you ever get on one of those rabbit trails where you search something and it's like, it goes on and on and on and on and on. But salt is one of those things. And, um, Salt was very valuable. In fact, even today, salt is very valuable. It is a necessity of life. But if you go back, you can actually see that ancient wars were actually fought over salt. Currency was based off of salt at one time. Salt was very, very valuable. Salt is good. Look to your neighbor and say, salt is good. Salt is good. It's in the Bible. So the next time you're at the dinner table, salt is good. Just let it have it. Salt is good. It's in the Bible, but, but, but and even, even the word that we have, salary, which is hopefully you guys have a salary or have an income, comes from the ancient word meaning salt money. So the next time you make money, say, I'm making some salt money, right? Salt money. Salary comes from the word that means salt money. Um, and so you, you, you look throughout history, and salt has been something that's been very important um, from time to time to time. Now, salt has two main purposes. So if you're taking notes, there's two spots where you can write this down. First of all, salt is used as a preservative. Can you look to your neighbor and say preservative? Preservative. It's used as a preservative. Now, this might be hard for some of you to believe, but at one time, many, many years ago, before cell phones, before, <laughs> before TVs, before uh, technology, before electricity, before cars, before 
heating and cooling. Could you imagine living without AC right now? Isn't that, uh, did anyone lose power over the, in the, in the, in the, but can you imagine living without, okay, so, so, so before all this, before, before your cell phones, but before refrigeration, um, salt was something that was used to preserve. Um, salt actually helps suck up the moisture and the wash and the moisture and the water out of meat. It allows your food to last longer. And so what people would do, in fact, people even do this today. Sometimes they age meat with salt. But back in the day, it was like a necessity. And so they would use salt and they'd put it on the meat and they'd bury it in the meat and it would preserve the meat. And in fact, even the ancient Egyptians, if you go back and you look, there's a whole huge thing on this. Even the ancient Egyptians would use salt in their mummies to preserve the bodies. And so salt is meant to be a preservative. So remember that, that salt preserves. And I just look at the, the, the properties of salt, and it, it, it preserves. And, and so I think something that we have to remember, this is the application for you today, is that we live in a rotting world. We do. We live in a world that's dying. We live in a world that is destined for death. And God has called us to be salt. God has called us to be life. We are to preserve the truth. We are to preserve righteousness. We're to preserve goodness and godliness in a fallen world. When the world is moving the goalposts to morality, right? Do you see that happening today at all? Like the goal, like, 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 like what was acceptable like a few years ago is not acceptable now. Morality has changed big time when we see the goalposts being, being moved. When we see that that, 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 that the things are changing. That's what, that, 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 what is right, that what is right and what's wrong is changing. We are to be the preservators, the, preserv- the, preserv- the preservers of God's truth. God says, you have my word as a guide. And, and, and scripture says that heaven and earth will pass away, but my words will never pass away. We are to be preservers, preservers of God's truth preservers of life. In a rotting world, you are a preserver. Can you look to your neighbor and say, you are a preserver? In a rotting world, you are a preserver. You are someone that keeps life. In a rotting world, you are someone that keeps life. Wild. You are a preserver. When I was about nine years old, our pastor, his name was Pastor Bruce Calise. He was our associate pastor at Rochester Assembly of God in Rochester, Minnesota, off of 52nd Street. And he was an amazing man. He was really funny. He was, he had early, early, what is it, uh, early pattern baldness, male pattern baldness in his head. What, what, what? He was bald, like Craig back there. He was bald, okay? Except he had, he had hair, so he, he just bald on the top. And he would fake sneeze, and his toupee, his toupee would fall off, and he would laugh, and everyone would laugh with him. He was, a, he was the most amazing guy. He was really funny. But when he was a kid, he collected baseball cards. And that was back when baseball cards were, you know, really valuable. In fact, even some of those old baseball cards are really still valuable. And he heard that I played baseball, and he heard that I liked baseball cards. And so he actually gave me a Mickey Mantle baseball card. Mickey Mantle. Mint condition. It was in a little, it was in a little mm, clear box. I'm like, oh my goodness, thank you so much. That's amazing. So I, 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 I have had a, I had a Mickey Mantle baseball card. Now I'm, I'm willing to auction it off. To, no, I'm just kidding. I don't have it today. But he gave me a Mickey. As a, as, as a, now, now part of me is like, okay, so why would he give me 
a Mickey Mantle baseball card. That seems kind of wild, but he just, he believed in me so much, and I was such a nice kid, and I was so wonderful, just like I am now. I guess he just, I don't know. No, I don't know, but he gave me a Mickey Mantle baseball card. But it's interesting because I didn't really realize what I had. Like, you know, my mom and I, you know, I'd go to the store and I'd pick up, like, you know, the, the pack. Are baseball cards even a thing anymore? I don't even know. But you'd go and you get the tops. Yes, they are. You get the tops baseball cards. And I had, like, the complete sets from the 90s and the 91s, like, when things got popular. And, like, it seems like those cards are still worth nothing. Um, but so I didn't really realize what I had. And um, I took that card and I threw it in my closet. And uh, my mom went through my closet and cleaned out a bunch of my stuff. And I'm pretty sure that she threw it away. Yeah. Mickey. Pastor Bruce. You know, sometimes I think, you know, you think, wow, that's pretty foolish to throw away a Mickey Mantle baseball card. But when you think about it, what has God gifted us with? What has he called us to preserve? I mean, the Mickey Mantle baseball card is pretty cool. And oh my goodness, I wish I still had it. I'm pretty sure my dad burned it. We used to burn our trash. Can you believe that? Out in the country. I'm pretty sure my dad burned it. <laughs> but, um, but God has called us to pervert, pervert, preserve something so much more valuable than a Mickey Mantle baseball card. He's called us to preserve his truth. He's called us to uh, bring life into a rotting world. Salt's a preservative, but also, take a look at it, salt is used with the sacrifice. Salt is used with the sacrifice. It's a preservative, but it's also used with the sacrifice. Can you look to your neighbor and say, sacrifice? Now look to your neighbor and say, salt your meat. Salt your meat. How many of you guys like to salt your meat with the sacrifice? Yeah, do you leave it just, you salt your meat. You salt it because why? It, it, doesn't it enhance the flavor a little bit? If you salt it up, it enhances the flavor. So take some salt out, dump it on the meat. It enhances the flavor. You salted the sacrifice. Here in scripture it says, again, if you go back to verse 49, it says, for everyone will be seasoned with fire, and every sacrifice will be seasoned with salt. Salted in fire, tested in fire, is what the, 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 the NLT says, and the ESV says, salted with fire. Salted in fire, tested in fire. Um, it enhanced the flavor of the meat. It preserved the meat, but, 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 but salt adds something interesting to the sacrifice. And what's interesting is is this isn't something that we've just been doing like recently. It's been something that's been doing for a long And actually, you see this, I think this reference here in Mark chapter 9 is actually a throwback to Leviticus because in Leviticus it talks about how when the priests would prepare the meat in Leviticus chapter 1, when they prepare the burnt sac, when they prepare the meat for the burnt, for the burnt offering, it, said, it says that they would salt the meat. In fact, even in Leviticus chapter 2 in verse 13, it says this, and every offering of grain offering you shall season with salt. And you shall not allow the salt of the covenant of God to be lacking from your grain offering. With all your offerings, you shall offer salt. With all your offerings. Now in the Old Testament, 
they would bring the sacrifice, they'd bring the animals into the, uh, in, into the tabernacle or into the temple, and the priest would prepare it. But there was a transition from the Old Testament to the New Testament. You know, in the New Testament, it says that there was a new sacrifice that, that, that came. In the New Testament, it says that Jesus came, and he was, in fact, that's what, that we, that's what we just talked about earlier when we, when we did communion. There was, there was a new sacrifice that came. We don't have to go to the tabernacle, to the temple any longer. We don't have to go there, and we don't have to uh, sacrifice animals any longer. We don't have to go there with grain any longer. We don't have to mix it with salt any longer. We don't have to, like, we don't have to do that anymore. In fact, in John chapter 1, it says, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. And the Word became flesh and tabernacled among us. And Jesus was the sacrifice for our sins, right? For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God through Jesus Christ is eternal life, right? Like, we, we can see that tran- transition into the New Testament. And furthermore, like, not only was Jesus the sacrifice, but furthermore, we can see in Romans chapter 12 and verse 1, it says, I beseech you, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present yourselves as living sacrifices, holy and acceptable to God. This is your reasonable service. Do not conform any longer to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you may prove what is good and acceptable and perfect and the perfect will of God. In Galatians chapter 2, verse 20, it says, I have been sacrificed, I've been crucified with Christ, and I no longer live, but Christ lives in me. The life I live in the body, I live, the, the, the life I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God, who loved me and gave himself for me. If anyone were to come after me, he must deny himself, take up his cross daily, and follow me. We are called to be preservers, but we are also called to be a sacrifice. And when someone comes in contact with you, you're supposed to What's what's that? This person this person tastes they smell different. This person taste different. This isn't, this, isn't, this isn't rotting meat that I'm eating. This isn't meat with, with maggots in it. This isn't meat that's, that's all... Na- like the, the, this meat's been preserved. This meat's good. This is cannibalism. Yeah, no, no, it's not. No, it's not. This meat's good. We are called to be a preservative but we're also called to be a sacrifice. We're called to be a preservative. We're called to be a sacrifice. So I wonder, if I am called to be salt, if I'm called to be a preservative, if I'm called to be a sacrifice, I wonder... What am I doing with my salt? What am I doing? Said Divine, what are you doing with your salt? Craig, what are you doing with your salt? Cassandra Rose, what are you doing with your salt? Are you, what are you doing with your salt? Are you, are you, that, that, I, I'm, I'm just going to put it in here. Leave it. I'm just going to take it. I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to put it on the table. But if someone tries to use it, I'm going to tell them not to. No, 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 that's assault. What are you doing 
with your salt. What are you doing with your salt? Are we people that are preserving? Are we people that are speaking the truth of God? Are we people that are being light to a lost world? Are we people that are um, uh, speaking the truth? Or are we people that are keeping our salt in our pocket? Or are we people that are keeping salt on the table? What am I doing with my salt? Part of me, I just kind of want to keep it to myself. I don't want anyone. What are we doing with our salt? You might be here today and say, you know, I, 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 I'm here today, and I, I would prefer to keep my salt in the cabinet. Anyone like that? You just, like, did you, don't, I, I would prefer to, I, I don't want anyone to touch it. I don't, I, I, I like, I'd prefer, like, if, if you came over, I don't even want you, to, I don't even want people want to know that I have salt. It's going gonna, it's gonna to be in the cabinet. But look at what he says. He says this he's, in the next verse. So after talking about everyone, everyone will be tested with fire. Everyone, every, everyone will be salted with fire. In the next verse, so first of all, there's, there's like, like, you're either going to use your salt or you're not, okay? And he said, you're going to be tested in fire. In fact, even in 1 Corinthians chapter 3, I think it says that someday when we sit before the King of kings and the Lord of lords, there will be a fire that will burn away everything and only what is good will remain, right? But he, he kind of answers the question in the next verse. He says, salt is good, but if the salt loses its flavor, how will you season it? How does, how does salt lose its, how does salt lose its flavor? That sounds interesting. I didn't think that salt could lose its flavor. Again, if you, if you Google salt, you can see the way that they used to um, mine salt. Salt in that region was dredged up from the Dead Sea or in salt pans. And in the pans, the water was evaporated and the pure salt would leach out, leaving a residue of other minerals that was completely use- useless. It was quite customary for the saltiness of the salt to have dissipated with the residue of the minerals that was left over. But there was no purpose in the residue that was left over. The Gospel of Matthew says it like this. It says, you are the salt of the earth, but if the salt loses its flavor, how shall it be seasoned? It is good for nothing but to be thrown out and trampled underfoot by men. Luke says it a little bit more directly. He says, it is neither fit for the land, nor for the dunghill. But men throw it out. He was ears to hear, let him hear. We are meant to be different. Our lives are meant to be a sacrifice to the king. Again, one day we will stand before the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. Don't lose the thing that makes you useful. What's important in life, it's, it's the gospel. Making an impact on society. It's the good news. So, sometimes I, I think there's almost like this contrast, right? Right? Like, sometimes I think when 
when, when we hear that we're salt, there's a contrast. Either we try to hide it or we try to be very salty. Have you ever met someone that's very, very salty? We, 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 you know, the, we, we, we do either try to hide it or try to be very, very salt. I, I remember we were, um, I think I told our staff about this a, a while ago, but we were at a street fair a few years ago. When I say a few years ago, this was like six or seven years ago. And uh, we were with our church at the time. We were down in Wyandotte. And um, we were, we set up a booth and we were telling people, um, we had like some kids games and we were telling people about Jesus. And so, so as they came up and they were playing the games, we'd have them fill out a card. We'd tell them, ask them if we could pray for them. It was very, you know, very, very cool. Well, while we were doing that, um, across the street from us, right on the corner, another group of people set up, and um, they were street preachers. And they started um, yelling at us and uh, yelling profanities at us and uh, telling, well, and when I say profanities, I mean they were calling us um, fornicators and everything else in front, of, in front of our little kids. They were yelling and going at us, and we were like, oh, my goodness. And uh, our pastor went up to them and was like, hey, just in case you guys didn't know, we're on the same team. Like, we're, we're, we're witnessing, too. Like, we're, we're sharing the love of God with people, too. We're like, we're, we're, we're doing things as well, right? And, and they didn't even care. They just kept on going at us and going at the people that were going by. And um, I think sometimes, sometimes there are people that want to hide the salt and in the, in, in the, in the, they don't want people to know it. But then there are others that, that might be extremely salty and attack you. And I think that's why he added the second passage there where he said, have salt in yourselves and have peace with one another. Have salt in yourselves and have peace with, your, with one another. Like, peace is a byproduct of the salt, right? But it's almost like a spiritual check that he's giving his disciples. Have salt, but have peace. The gospel can be conflicting. The gospel can be difficult, but the gospel can also be uniting. Galatians chapter 2, it says this, and Galatians chapter 5, it says, but the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. In Matthew chapter 5, it says, blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called the sons of God. In James chapter 3, it says, now the fruit of righteousness is sown in peace by those who make peace. Another translation says this. It says, peacemakers who sow in peace raise a harvest of righteousness. In Philippians chapter 4, it says, be anxious about nothing, but in everything, by prayer and petition with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God, which transcends, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and will guard your minds in Christ Jesus. Jesus. 